welcome to today's episode of This Much We Know. I'm Murphy Hopkins Hubbard and I'm joined today by my co-host Simon Pickering. This Much We Know is a podcast all about building social enterprises. We hope to share with you the good, the bad, the ugly and all of our learnings and failures on developing impactful social enterprise providing employment and training for those in need. We will be sharing with you a range of challenges and how to overcome them. We're joined in each episode by a guest social entrepreneur sharing their stories, successes and most importantly their favourite facepalm moments. In today's episode we are lucky enough to be joined by Christy Acton, founder of Standing Tool and part of the Homeless Link membership. Let's hear what he had to say. Standing Tool, we're a new startup social enterprise and what we're doing is we're basically matching guys experiencing homelessness up with stable living wage jobs. So we're, we're talking to businesses in Birmingham and talking to guys on the street. And basically, when we find somebody who's in the right headspace and ready to start work, we match them up with the right job. The model that we're doing is that basically for three months, we employ the person ourselves, standing tall employs them for three months. And then when we get to month four, we hand them over to the business. And the other aspect of what we're doing is we're offering um, an accommodation service as well, because we obviously understand that a job without safe accommodation is not the full package. So we've got our guys who are called the Amici, which is uh, Italian for friends. And they're members of the public who are trained by Standing Tall and paid by us to host an individual to come into their home for three or six months. And then when the time's right, we support them to find their own accommodation. That's really interesting. When you say the time is right, is that different for anyone? Have you got a particular sort of standard procedure? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, we're saying six months just as a guide. But, you know, what I've learned is that to do it on the terms of the individual usually gets the best effect. So it may be that they only need three or four months and they're ready to move on to their own place. It might be longer than six months. So it's a case-by-case basis. We've tried to develop the model purely based on that individual to give them as much chance as possible of sustaining the job and moving away from the street for good. So that's what we're trying to do. With the model that you're using, it's quite unique, sounds like it. Are there any other social enterprises or charities that you've been particularly inspired by to create this? I've been working in a night shelter for three or four years before this. Um, and that's really where I've taken most of my learning for standing tall to develop but I mean one particular social enterprise that I've always been interested in is Change Please in London you know where they're training guys up to be baristas. I think there are so many charities and organizations out there that are doing good work but I think the opportunity to move somebody all the way to a full-time job if they're ready for it is entirely possible if you put the package together and support them in the right way it is realistic for some of these guys to exit the street and not come back. So, you know, change please. I'm, uh, I've always been following what they've been doing. I know there were more change please before, but now rename change please. I really like, you know, the, the model there of selling the products in um, supermarkets and all sorts of places to be piled back into the organisation to help more people. Mm, yeah, sort of two-ended impact, isn't it? Impact employer, impact seller. It's really nice. Thank you. That's really good. So um, you mentioned Change Please already, Christy. Um, are they one? Of, you know, was the, are they one of the social enterprises that sort of led you down this journey? Would you say sort of that got you thinking? Actually, I am going to go and do this 
you know, I'm going to go and do this social enterprise and I think we can actually make a difference, so let's let's get on and do it. Were they one of the sort of organisations that you inspired you in a way? Yeah, definitely. I've always been interested in social enterprise for a long time, really. I've always wanted to make change and support people to find themselves in a better situation. But at the same time, I like the idea of, you know, making money to go back into whatever the cause you're trying to make happen. About 10 years ago, I was a chief exec of a social enterprise in um, in Wolverhampton, and we had about 40 staff and a quite a large turnover in terms of budget. So I did that for a couple of years. And then there's a social enterprise in um, Birmingham called Jericho Foundation. And they're not specifically about guys experiencing homelessness. They're about more general disadvantage. They must have a something like a three million pound turnover. And they trade in terms of offering a range of services, cleaning. They've got like a, a recycling wood shack and they've got about seven or eight different enterprises where people experiencing disadvantage are employed. So yeah, the Jericho Foundation, I've always been sort of following as well. Fantastic. And then, so just bringing it back into Standing Tall, um, was there a moment where you were like, right, let's let's get started and, and, and this is it? for me i'm gonna i'm gonna make this happen um or are you are you are you like many social entrepreneurs that sort of drift into it and find themselves in a place that they didn't expect no it was all very intentional for me and it took me a while for my fiance to allow me to do it i had a full-time well-paid job and i've in the middle of the virus i've ended the job and and committed to standing tall so a lot of people think that's a bit crazy, but there's been plenty of lead-in time. So I, I ran this night shelter for about three years, and that's where I learned that Standing Tall has got real potential. A night shelter where guys were coming in, and we had businesses approaching the night shelter to say, we've got one job. And then we found an individual that had the right skill set and the right uh, headspace, the right timing. And then we matched them to do us maybe two or three months as a kind of tryout. And then three months in, they were offered a full-time job. And over half of the guests coming in over the three years secured employment. And it kind of blew my socks off, really, that this was possible. And we weren't really trying. It just happened organically. So all the way through that time, I was developing Standing Tall and how it could actually translate into an organisation that did this explicitly. And then I applied to EDP, and that was a big milestone because we you know, we secured sufficient grant funding with, with other grants that we'd secured to mean that, you know, we knew that we had 12 months at this 100% guaranteed. So we started on the 1st of October. Awesome. Yeah, it kind of brings me into my next question, actually. Um, and for those of you listening who, who don't know EDP, the Enterprise Development Programme is a programme that um, Simon and I both work on, supporting charities or social entrepreneurs to develop trading models um, to help end homelessness which Christy has been a part of our 2020 cohort, so how we all met. With other relationships or funding to get you started, what's been really useful to you? What what help have you needed um, to make this happen? Firstly, EDP, both the grant, but also the wider support that the programme has given. You know, we, we have these different sessions on sort of different sort of key subjects, which I've found really useful so far built some relationships with certain people to you know that I'm sure we'll keep on sort of talking so that's been really useful as a new startup I've been sort of building our group of trustees who can support me and that's been a very interesting process really and I'm nowhere near the end of it I'm just starting it really 
of identifying the right person uh, to become a trustee. We're identifying a chair specifically, but I'm changing on a weekly, monthly basis of who exactly we need as a trustee. So that's an interesting one. And then one other one I'd mention is when I was working at the shelter, I got to know the chief exec at the Mayday Trust, which is called Pat McArdle. They've developed this strength-based approach that the Night Shelter adopted and we're committed to a standing tall. So I talk to Pat quite regularly and I think Pat will continue to be a really important person for us to make sure that standing tall is kind of communicating in the right way, but also kind of operating in the best way we can to, to be responsible about what we're doing. Fantastic. So you you um, mentioned one person there that you sort of have talked to and, and have helped you. Um, and I was thinking about, Murphy, you know which question's coming next, but I was thinking about this the other day for myself, like in terms of when I sort of started out and working in the sort of social enterprise space. And um, it's quite interesting when you reflect back and think, oh, who, who have we spoken to that's been part of this journey? Um, that's my personal reflection. For you, Christy, is there somebody that you would say, I had, a, I had this seminal moment or conversation with this individual um, and that changed my thinking, that, that changed the direction that we went in? Um, is there somebody that sort of instantly comes to mind as, as that key conversation? I've had a few, what, sort of two or three conversations I can think of. I mean, I think where I started with Standing Tall hasn't changed too significantly as a result of one or two conversations, but I've listened to a couple of people. I've mentioned Pat already, and one thing that she said and a few other people have said to me is that I understand why you're focusing on guys experiencing homelessness, but what Standing Tall is trying to do, there's no reason why you can't engage with other groups as well. So I think that's something for us for the future, you know, six, 12 months time, maybe Standing Tall can work with a wider audience than just guys experiencing homelessness. But another one is a guy called Phil, who he's a businessman that I've known for a while. And he was, he's been on the uh, management committee at the night shelter. And I met with him for a coffee a couple of months ago to kind of talk through the detail of, of our model. And he's notoriously pessimistic and cautious. So I was prepared to be uh, grilled. I talked through the model and I got a really positive response from him. He could see from a company who maybe wanted to, to engage with Standing Tall, um, he could see that the potential in it. So that was really encouraging that he was positive about it. <laughs> you know what we call them? Do you know what you call those people? <laughs> They're the professional bubble prickers. Yeah, that's, that's what they that's what they call them. You need yeah. them. They're really important. If if it if an idea can stand with a professional bubble pricker, then you've got a fighting chance of making it work, to be quite honest with you. So those people are yeah, they are they're equally as important as the people that are like, absolutely go for it, you'll be fantastic. Yeah. Those people are also really good to have because you can you can yeah, if they think an idea is crap, they're gonna tell you pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um so sounds like a pretty a pretty wise decision actually to to adopt his uh, his advice and his coffee invitation by the sounds of it yeah that's brilliant I've never heard of that term before but I'm definitely going to use it <laughs> I love it really good yeah I think really interesting actually part of the conversations that we've had on people in the show before is around getting you know failing quicker um, you know finding out what goes wrong quicker and those those conversations with people are, are all about that on the topic of failing um, we're leading on to our favourite question here. Which is, <laughs> what is your biggest facepalm moment? And that's that feeling where you're like, why on earth did I do that? I can't think of one like 
massive one, but I, I can think of making lots of mistakes all the time and um, hopefully learning from them as quickly as possible. A couple that come to mind, you know, back in October, we decided we needed to have some presence in like a website up quite quickly so that we could sort of direct people to somewhere. And we spent £1,500 on a, a landing page and some branding. And within a few days of it going up, I realised that it wasn't right. It wasn't what Standing Tall was about. So yeah, it wasn't probably the best use of our money, but we then spent some more money, <laughs> but we spent it well on um, branding with another organisation and, and the website as well. And we're really happy with what we've got now. I guess also we were thinking about crowdfunding as being a kind of key aspect of how we would raise money but we've kind of moved away from that now. We're now talking to sort of corporate donors. And um, we think that's a much more easier way, to be honest, but a much cleverer way of raising uh, the donations we need to support each individual off the street. So that's another sort of quite significant change that we've had over a few months. And then the trustees as well. I mentioned earlier that we've got quite a few trustees on a list and that people are falling off it and that's changing every week. Um, but again, that's pretty normal. So yeah, there's all sorts going on that seems to be changing all the time. Great, thank you for that. Yeah, I think definitely change is a word that we're hearing a lot this year. But quite exciting that you're you know, learning as you go, which is, you know, why not jump in? Just following on from all that learning and all that change and everything that you've learned in a relatively short space of time, really, for you, Christy, since you sort of started up. Um, have you got a pearl of wisdom or something you would depart to somebody yeah, sort of in the same position that you were sort of 12 months ago, other than don't pay out for really expensive branding? I think the thing for me would be something about if you've got enough confidence in something, if you've kind of tested it as much as you can, then have that confidence and stick at it. It's been sort of two, three years of getting to this point And, you know, we're just about to kind of prove it, I guess, as January starts and people will be starting work. But as time passes, I get more and more confident in what we're doing. If you've tested it and you've got enough confidence in it, then stick at it and it'll, you can make it work. Awesome. And Christy, this is another question that we, we'd like to ask um, people that come on the show and speak about you know, what else is happening in the, in the social enterprise landscape and in the homelessness sector. Are there any other social enterprises or organisations that you've seen sort of growing at the moment? You know, similar stages to yourself, perhaps, um, that you're quite excited to buy? Yeah, I've mentioned Change Please, and I'd be interested to see what they do, you know, as that organisation develops. I know that they're, I think, moving into other cities. So, um, Christy, what's next for Standing Tool? What, what's, the, what's the plan? Where do you want to be in 12 months' time? For the next 12 months, we're concentrating on our job matching service. So we're keen to work with 15 people, um, and 15 businesses in Birmingham and test the model. And then, you know, in 12 months time or when the time's right, we would really like to go to other cities. We've set up the model in a way that hopefully we can take the job matching service to other cities. But aside from that side of things, we're also in the longer term really keen on setting up additional standing tool enterprises. So, you know, just a couple of the ideas that need a lot of feasibility work, some kind of cycle courier service or some kind of food cart service, like visible services in city centres where all of the guys employed are guys who've experienced homelessness. So that Standing Tall becomes an organisation that are oh, they're the guys who 
provide decent employment for guys coming off the street. That's that's where we we want to go. Um, yeah, that was really interesting. I think it's nice to to see where you're going and you know the aspirations there. It's really exciting. I suppose from the beneficiaries' perspective, the guys that you're working with, obviously one of the things that that makes you guys quite unique is your you know work on living wage, which is brilliant and you know something we definitely want to see across across the sector and you know the society more so. When you're working for your plans on how to design this and how to um, engage corporates, has that has that been quite a difficult process in terms of how you want that employment to go? We've kind of realised that there's two separate types of business. So we've got one group which we're calling our employer partners. They're obviously the organisations with a job. So, you know, we've got three jobs ready in the new year, a construction firm, a pub with a restaurant and a retail firm. So we're talking to them about them paying us a matching fee and how we work with them and the individual to make sure it works for everybody. But then the second group of businesses we're talking to are corporate partners. So, for example, you might have... um, solicitors who won't have a job but if they were to donate say two thousand pounds that would be the crucial amount of money to top up that first three months of salary so we've got our corporate partners and our employer partners i'm working with a consultant at the moment who's got a lot of csr experience and the two of us are working up a, a strategy about which corporates we talk to and and how we do that thanks christy that's really really useful there's lots of talk at the moment around the business for good and b corp movement and then we're seeing you know corporates looking at their csr models a little bit differently so an exciting space to be in i think this standing tool is fantastic um and actually what i really like about it is actually um it isn't you know in its current model it isn't about creating jobs it's about working with existing mainstream employers and enabling um, people to come out of homelessness and move into mainstream employment and, I, and I, I've it just sits really nice I just really like that idea for a social enterprise because I think often the focus is around how do I create all of these jobs whereas actually brokering jobs and supporting people properly into mainstream jobs is yeah I, I think I'm, I just just a really good model really um, and have you had others say similar things Christy this is why we have the model as it stands is because we're committed to make the biggest impact we can. Standing Tall could set out to do an enterprise here or there and employ five or 10 people. And that's really positive. But the thing I've learned is that there are so many businesses just in Birmingham who want to do their bit about homelessness and they don't know how. They can't see a practical way of what they can do. So we're just talking about one job here. And you know, we're standing to support, we will help them to, to make it a success. And then maybe you're talking about 15 or 20 jobs in Birmingham a year without being too ambitious. And then if the model's right, there's no reason why you can't have 15 or 20 businesses a year in any other city. So it's a model, hopefully, that can translate into many people benefiting. Mm. I think one of the things that, that really excites me about standing tall and the work that you're doing is, is going back to what you were mentioning, Simon, earlier, is that it's you know long-term employment in, in the community, in mainstream society. It's not creating jobs within um, homelessness organisations, which we see loads of, which has brilliant work, but it's that sort of next step for a lot of people, which is great. Keen to keen to watch the space and see what happens with it all. Yeah, I mean, I think we we need a range of a range of solutions, don't we, to homelessness? You know, obviously accommodation, employment, training. 
they're all part of that range. Um, but also, I think within the sector, we have a bit of a tendency to create micro-economy and micro-employment. And, and I'm not always sure that that is, is the right solution. Sometimes it works really well, and other times it, it isn't. And I think we do need more standing tools working in the space. Um, that, that's, my, that's my feeling on that. Hopefully I haven't offended anyone from the homeless sector because I think it's brilliant. <laughs> but I think people will understand what I'm trying to say on that. Yeah, no, I think yeah, the variety and having different new innovative solutions um, giving people a mixture. Mm, yeah, I think it's really important. Christy, it's been really good to have you on today. It's great to see you again. We're both watching you very closely, not in a creepy way, but in a sort of, <laughs> we really want this to work and we're really rooting for it, really. Um, so hopefully, if this podcast survives, five years' time, we'll get you back on and um, and you can share some more facepalm moments, but also some some more sort of inspirational stuff would be great also so um yeah wish you all the best with it and yeah thanks for coming on the podcast today thanks a lot uh christy can we get your twitter handle and website for anyone who's wanting to look up um, the amazing work of standing tool yeah, sure so um the twitter handle is at standing tool org so as you'd spell standing tool and then org at the end uh, and then the website is uh, www standingtool.org.uk Thanks to Christy for joining us today on This Much We Know. In our next episode, we'll be joined by Alice Moxley, social entrepreneur and founder of Make Pivot. So please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at thismuch underscore we know. Thanks to Neil Whiteside at Freedom One for production. Until next time, from Murphy and me, thank you for listening and goodbye.